So I dialed up my internet this afternoon in preparation for this podcast, and I went mm. to the old, you know, UCI website. Opens up with a big splash page of a bunch of colorful kits, uh, cyclists with some flowers in the background, and you know, it's like, oh, all right, all right, we're getting ready for road season. I go down, my eyes go down to the bottom part of the page, and it says 2019 UCI World Tour, Australian kickoff for 10 months of excitement. 10 months. So, yeah. Yeah. So, road season is going to last for 10 months. 10 months. We're, we're just about to start. Yeah. 10 months of road season. That's yeah. right. Cross season is not even over. It's Jan. What is it? January what today? 14th. 14th as we're recording tonight. Yeah. January 14th. And that means it's going to last till at least dis- October 14th. Yeah. All right. Well, or is that November? Wait. <laughs> here's to road season next Halloween. Well, good evening, and welcome to episode 70 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hi there, Bodie. This is the T-Bone. And hi there, T-Bone and Bodie. This is Sachirio. It is a cold evening in the Barrister's Gallery. We're all in our hoodies and puffer jackets. It's a, it's a chilly weeknight in New Orleans. I am happily drinking one of my last beers from CX Nationals. Uh, it's a Against the Grain Brewery, a bloody show. Um, a tart Pilsner with blood oranges. Matt, what do you think? Uh, well, you lost me at Pilsner and blood oranges, but uh, other than that, the can looks kind of pretty. Yeah. It's pretty tasty. I did a lot of photo editing drinking these uh, in our hotel in Louisville. They, so. were, they were a big sponsor of the uh, of the CX Nats this year, if I'm not mistaken. They definitely were. They at the, On Sunday, they were like having a fire cell with these, these pints where you could get a a four pack of pints for $10 or whatever. And you saw people walking around with, you know, a few cases. Um, anyway, guys. So as I said, in the cold open <laughs> road is here. <laughs> we had, we had a short, I don't know, two podcast episode break from road season and tour down under, I think is actually kicking off right as we are recording, like right now. Uh, it, it's gonna, I think coverage starts in 38 minutes. All right, so yeah. maybe by the end of the podcast, we'll... Uh... Although they've already done the pre-Tour Down Under, Tour Down Under stage, which isn't part of Tour Down Under, uh, on Sunday or Saturday, whatever day it was there, they did that like crit stage. One by, one by Caleb Ewan? One by Caleb Ewan, yes. With uh, Peter Sagan in second. In second place, yeah. yeah. He was coming pretty fast. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Nope, nope. I was going to say that... Uh, Wow, the quick step rider, who's Italian and also a sprinter, I am John Viviani. Viviani. Wow. But he actually crashed out. Did um, he? Some somebody was coming. I heard there were a few so crashes. Fast. I didn't see it. Yeah, there was there were some crashes at the end. There was two crashes at the end. I watched that um, on NBC Gold, and I got to say, I got to tell you guys that the Peloton looks good. Mm. The you like, color, you like the, the mix tapestry, of kits this year. Looks really good. I like that we have, we kind of had did black for a while and now we're back to a bunch of, there's a lot of yellow actually. Yeah. Um, 
I think we're going to get into a full episode of Trash of Pranesh next week with a special guest. Um, but I just want to say sort of like a little hint that I think the, the Peloton looks really good. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the, the, the bright uh, Australian uh, sunshine doesn't hurt uh doesn't hurt those bright colors either does it yeah it's hot huh so well but the, yeah uh, conversely the bright australian sunshine causes other issues yeah which they're what they're gonna have to they're shortening stages right they're shortening to or uh, tonight's stage is going to be shortened uh tonight's tomorrow's whatever time it is in the space-time continuum in australia yeah they're going to shorten the stage because the temperatures are through the roof. Right, and they've got fire trucks on the side of the road uh, hosing the riders down with, uh, yeah. misting the riders down with water as they pass certain places, I understand. That's right. And just to remind everybody, we're recording this. It's January 14th. And we're, I, you know, we came in here uh, looking like Run DMC uh, <laughs> in big puffer jackets and bobble hats and, and everything. We were it's, just missing the 53-tooth uh, <laughs> chain ring around our necks. Well, let's get to that later on. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe we don't even have to go there. I think we do. I think we do. But uh, that's a little uh, little teaser for something later. But yeah, it's. I have a thought, guys. Well, hang on. But it's, but it's it's January here, but it's there's summer in Australia. Exactly. So it's a little different. So it's summer in Australia, and it's baking hot. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, flat earthers, etc. in the world, it's not getting any cooler in the summer. It's getting warmer. This is only going to get worse and worse and worse. Is January the 14th, 15th, whatever, the best time to be having a stage race in Australia? It's, it's the peak of summer right there. So their winter is June? Yeah. July, so, July, August. Is so probably, you you could throw. You're saying you could just throw in. They could do tour down under in. You know, fit it in. Yeah. Well, that that's my point. Is fit it why in are we winter. doing this? Why are we doing this in the hottest time of their year when we haven't really started real road season? When does real road season start? So I sort of like where you're going with this, Matt. If I'm if I'm hearing you right, and, and I'm thinking what you're saying is that real road season ought to start with the spring classics. Absolutely. And then we move into the European Grand Tours. Uh, and then we have that little bit of a lull in, in August. And, before, and then we've got world championships in September, October. Right, uh, along with uh, you know a fall classic or two here and there, mm-hmm. maybe sometime in the September sort of area, which would be springtime in Australia, would be a better time to do a week long tour in Australia. That's one option. I also think that possibly it could be something in springtime here, which would be fall in Australia. I think that would be a good time, and that way Aussie Nats which just happened as well, and Tour Down Under could be in clement weather for everybody. So either of the two, I think, is an option, but I think they need to look at the World Tour calendar and go, look, what, what does really work? Because those Gulf State races in January, which are hot as balls and melt tires, literally, and and all that kind of business, don't seem to make sense to me. They're like, they're like why are... Why are 
we sending well, people out to get heat stroke? Yeah, well, that the doesn't whole, make any sense. The whole early season road season, the January February road season, no pun intended, is a hot mess. Yeah. Well, I mean, the only thing that makes sense is the cha-ching, right? That's the whole reason. It's all about the money. Yeah. yeah. Well, and right, I, I presume that 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 people um, uh, with with uh, higher salaries and and bigger cycling brain power than the three of us in my office in New Orleans have sat and and pondered this problem, and this is where they've arrived, and so it's got to be something to it. But it's but it's all about fitting things in, right? So I think. The, well, I think it's l- about a, a global expansion of cycling, and yes, fitting things in. Yeah. Um, I, I actually the Cycling Tits podcast did a pretty great episode where they discussed about the the glut of world tour cycling, and and, and they thought about ways to to pare it down. Um, mm. They didn't bring up your idea, Matt. I think that's kind of a good idea. That would condense the calendar, and you know, we could still be thinking about cyclocross, which is still happening. Yeah, and ten months is probably just too long, really, for a road season. So, uh, solves two problems in one. Yeah, agreed. And I want to see people in leg warmers at this time of year. So, you know, if it's too hot to ride outside, then you just bring the ride inside, mm. and you have this weekend or whatever we had the first ever Australian E National Championships. I believe this was the first one on Zwift. It was, uh, an, I don't know if it's like officially sanctioned or whatever, but apparently British Cycling is going to have an officially sanctioned e-national championships. People on trainers, on Zwift, they've partnered with Zwift. This one, I don't know what kind of level it was at, but there were pro cyclists on there competing for an e-national cycle. I did see that, and they they had some event where they had some pro cyclists. They had the cyclists competing. They were actually there at a bar with their um, their their Zwift screen behind them, and the person who won actually wasn't in the room. They were somewhere else. Oh, I didn't know that in their own garage. So Uh, let me ask you guys this: Are they are they live streaming this so that we can all sit and watch people? Yes, fake racing on Zwift, uh, racing uh, avatars racing on Zwift. Yes, they're doing that. They're probably doing so. it on like Switch or whatever, like where people watch people e gaming and Twitch. everything. Twitch. Sorry, I had to tell or, or I let informed Emily last night that you could just go on to Zwift and watch, and she said, "Why in the hell would you ever want to do that?" <laughs> um, I said, "I don't know." It uh, is a thing. Yeah. I don't know what you're watching, but okay. Um, so well, that and, and and you know this brings up this people whole watch life. people watch people taking things out of boxes, you know. So that's, yeah, well, I mean, watching watching people game is huge. No, no, huge no. Stuff, I know, I know, right? but I guess yeah. I don't. But that seems different than I. Okay, I don't know. When I'm on Zwift, oftentimes I'm just I don't I don't know. Maybe I don't know how to Zwift right, and I'm not around people, or my workouts don't like coincide with other people putting on efforts usually people are just passing me by or mm. i'm passing people there is no like right things but you're not, to watch but you're not racing on zwift no which i is haven't a raced thing. yet okay yeah. all right oh you know what uh, okay you should do a zwift race. i did watch a little bit of some guy live streaming himself being in a zwift race and i watched it because i was like okay 
Like I was waiting for, I, I watched it for like five minutes, like waiting for something to happen. And then I realized what I was watching, what was the thing that was happening. And I said, okay, I don't, I don't get it. So I'm not saying it's not, it could be a thing. I just don't understand it yet. I'm sure I'll learn. It's going to be a thing. I'm, I'm fairly firmly convinced it's going to be a thing. Yeah, I think I think I think it's destined to be a thing. I, I'm not going to really be able to get behind it. I don't think. I think that's just mm. a bridge too far for me, uh, Matt. That might be right up your alley, though. You're a pretty accomplished Zwift racer. Uh, certainly, more <laughs> what level? What that. level of Zwift are you, Matt? Because I'm, I'm learning all these things about Zwift now. Uh, well, they only just released recently, and I've been <laughs> off Zwift for a bit. But I'm uh, I'm almost 26 now, so I was level 25, which was the max, which kind of sucks because I was level 25 for a long time. But then it was like, oh, they released all these new levels on Swift. So you, but you, it didn't backdate all my. You should have been like level done. 30. I should be like. Well, guess I should what? Be like, I should be a seventh level mage. I'm a level right three. Now. Yeah. So you don't have any watch out. Kit. You don't have any good kit at all. I have the all black kit. That's all the kit. No, but you, you don't have the fast it's wheels. The, I have or the bikes. EF kit. So <laughs> okay. you know what? Also, we speaking of EF kit, there was some other racing happening in Australia. Yep. Um, do we even need to talk about it though? Bunch of like national championships races, uh, the Bay Crits. Mm. I watched. I watched that Katusha had some like sort of like side team that wasn't the full Katusha team. Yeah. They were doing that stuff with Marcus Marcus Holler, right? And they were doing the Bay Crits with yeah. and Marco Holler won the Bay Crits overall from their first stage, I guess. But the thing I, I, I sent you guys it, I don't know if you watched it or not, but I sent you um Yeah, uh, watched, that's how Alex Dowsett's uh GoPro oh. footage, which was, was pretty cool. There was a hot dog it was a literal hot dog crit, which is like yeah. one eighty degree turn fast straight 180 degree turn fast straight it was a literal uh, it was a tube right so mm -hmm. and uh it was really interesting he was like he'd put comments on the video uh, uh showing like here's how you do this how here's how you dive bomb every corner and get well and essentially get, it was like up. it essentially was a cat five crit but a bunch of world tour riders yes so essentially, they weren't cat fives because they were dive bombing, but they were doing it very well. And everybody yeah. else who was being dive bombed understood what was happening. So we didn't see any crashes. There was there was great etiquette yeah. among them. But yeah. I gotta say, I got kind of excited for crits, dude. Guy, can we start the hashtag? Crits are coming. Is that is that a thing? Hashtag. Not I forgot for to tell you guys last week. One of my resolutions was to not have my first criterium turn in a criterium. Meaning, go practice high-speed turns on the road before I actually uh, jump in a crit. Well, that's a little foreshadowing to next week's podcast, hopefully, because we saw somebody that hopefully we're going to be talking to who was railing a high-speed turn at a serious angle. And we'd like to talk to him about that. So before we wrap this up, do you guys have any um, hot, hot take picks for Tour Down Under this year? Is Port going to win it again? No. Is, is Michael Woods going to win? Yes. No. Who's going to win, T-Bone? You're going to have to stop the tape and let me think for a second. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Oh, I, thought, I, thought, I thought you had something there. No. I, I, I thought I, we, I, this was on the agenda, dude. Yeah, sorry. I, I, don't, have, I don't have a hot take pick, but it's not going to be Richie Port repeating, and uh, it's not going to be Mike Woods. Okay. You know what? That's fine. All right. What about, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't have your take on it. Oh, I have no idea. 
Really? Yeah, no, I don't I don't have any hot takes. Um I'm going with Mike Woods specifically because uh I think EF has momentum and I think he <laughs> is going to do it. I think some of their marketing stuff blew some smoke up your ass. <laughs> you know what? Their new kit kind of looks like smoke. It's like it's like it's like a tie-dyed like a it's like those new things you see on Instagram. Like you know, it's like a it's a popular visual style with like the pink and purple smoke bombs in your ad campaign. That's yeah, exactly sort of a yeah, kind of an Apple an Apple uh, iPhone X. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Sort of thing. So we're we going there. No, of, no, no, no. Bit well, of a right. color run. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. we need wow. to go with this. I think we need to go with this uh, because we've got cross on the agenda, but we might as well talk about we might as well talk about this. We're, we're still di- talking we're, about road right now. So. Yeah, so we might as well go for it. We're not doing a full on trash or panache this week. We're going to save that for next week. But I don't think that we can do an episode of the Yeah You Ride po- podcast without going and talking a little bit about the reveal of at least the EF Cannondale uh, kit. Can well, we? hang on, kick it. Of the guru. so my outfit's tight. When it comes to panache, I can't be beat. Alright, so we're gonna get into because we ha- we can't as Townsend said We can't ignore this. We can't ignore it was a huge marketing social media campaign. Uh, it was kind of ridiculous, but I kind of bought in. I think we all kind of bought in a little bit. A lot of hype. Um, so EF releases the new kit. Yeah. Um, I feel you, like our listeners are dying to know what we think about I it. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emily asked me last night what I thought, and I said I couldn't tell you. Matt on the club ride this weekend said, "Don't talk to me about the kit." No. Nope. Um, so who this? wants to start it? And, and to put it out there, th- th- that is the, the fact. Sure, we have not. Th- None of us know what any of the rest of us think about the kit. No. Okay, who's gonna start it off? I think you need to start it off, Bodie. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm gonna say once again, there's another fade in the Pro Peloton this year. Um, it's EFs. not just one fade; it's lots of fades. <laughs> it's lots of fades, but it is essentially another fade. Yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna say, I'm giving a giant large T mm. for trash for the entire ad campaign leading up the the advertising gobbledygook about disrupting the Peloton. They're not necessarily doing anything new. Um, I guess I maybe have never seen a tie-dye print, but the colors are not new. It's lamprey, whatever. It's it's CCB. Uh, Bella Tuller. Uh, but I am giving the kit a panache. I like wow. it. Wow. Okay. That was that surprised me enormously, but that that's yeah. Okay. Uh I'll pick up from there. Um I'm just gonna start with my vote and then I'll talk for a minute. Um I'm giving this kit reluctantly giving this kit panache. Um <laughs> I reluctantly I'm right. reluctantly giving it panache. I can't trash it. It's it's you know, it's adventurous. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I, I I love the pink. Um my my biggest reaction when I saw this kit is that the the kit doesn't match the hype. No. And Rafa I agree. Rafa and EF could have done so much better. 
that I'm almost tempted to vote the kit trash just because of how much better it could have been. It was kind of a cop-out. It was lazy, I think. It was just sort of, you know, popping this popping this kind of smoke fade thing on there. And if it wasn't for the fact that I think the jersey material, that the print, the, the logos look clean, mm-hmm. the pink looks great. I love the, the sort bibs of... bibs look yeah, awesome. Yeah, the bibs look fantastic. That sort of deep, deep sort of charcoal, blue, gray, black bib. The kit looks great on the riders as a whole. I think it all works. Um, but the jersey definitely leaves something to be desired. I'm disappointed in it, but I'm giving it panache. Wow. You said almost exactly the same things I was about to say. Everything I love about it and everything I don't like about it, but I'm giving it trash. All right. Because of the jersey. Yeah. Because the jersey is honestly the most important part, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's hot. People have done it many times. It's hard to screw up a bib, and they didn't screw up a bib. They did it exactly right, the same way Dimension Data did it exactly right this year. You keep a bib simple. A bib is black. It's got white logos on it. It's perfect. Quick aside, there's a lot of really good simple black bibs in the Peloton this year. Just a, just yes, a thought. Yes, I agree. Well, yeah. and, and we're going to get into that, that more yeah. next there week. There might be a one in our local Peloton, too. Yeah, now oh, I feel like whoops. we're just jumping on the black bib bandwagon. Well, we totally but, are. Yeah. When we've been, you know, this Matt's has been, been a proponent of this for years. I have. He's way ahead of the curve I'm on all that. All about the black bibs. And I'm and sorry, Matt, I this. stole your mic from you. You were still no, talking so about the kid. No, so I absolutely agree with almost everything you said except for the panache part because i think it's like they hyped this so much they led up to it so much their old black kit looks great right it's like (laughs) oh let's go with a stealth kit with everything is black and and that that would be disrupting the peloton more than this kit does i do the things i do like about the jersey exactly the same i like the contrast on the the logo and and the placements and everything are great I just think the pattern, whatever you want to call it, the effect or whatever they've done with it, is a real letdown. It's compared to the Canyon SRAM one, it's really disappointing. So, and I think they really pushed this hard. Yeah. And like this is gonna be, this is gonna blow your mind. There was like the reveal before the reveal before the reveal on the website shit and everything, the marketing speak, all that bullshit is like, come on, guys. We're not that dumb. We're cycling enthusiasts. We're not, this is not NASCAR. We're like, we're, we're informed people who, no, I'm serious here. This is like, we're people who like, we're, we're in, you know. Yes. You are a classically trained painter. Exactly. So I'm like, I know, you know, I know what I'm, this is, this, come on, don't. Don't kid a kidder. Rafa. And I worked in advertising for many years. Yeah. Don't bullshit me with this. And you're a bit of a designer by trade. Yeah. Rafa released a technical t-shirt version of this uh, kit, which is basically a t-shirt version with the the printed sort of smoke fade Mm. on it and no logos. And when you see this, I'm about to turn my computer around and show this to you guys. And anybody who's listening can go to Rafa's website and you'll uh, you'll see this. When you see the t-shirt without any of the logos, just on its own, you'll realize what trash this design is. 
Yeah, it's just, 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 it's just, it's just, it's meaningless. Yeah, right? it's meaningless. It's, you know it's lazy. I actually, so I have a friend in Portland. Uh, shout out to my buddy Craig Wheat, and he probably designed this. You know what? He he does this. He designs patterns for Nike and Adidas, and I could see this. This is like, right? I'm curious what his thoughts I, I, are on this. I get that it's of now doing this, but I don't really. Th- I think. What we've come to expect from them is them being like a little bit ahead of the curve, right? A the little tr- bit, a little bit better than this, and it's a little. Honestly, it's a disappointment to me that this is what Rafa came up with. The Rafa EF training jersey, lovely, is a beautiful jersey. Totally down with that. It's a, it's a. Although it's the steel, sort of deep charcoal blue black with just the 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 smoke fade on the armband. But yeah. the thing is about their training jersey, which bothers me, is that it's dark, and the whole I like the whole thing teams are doing are making their training jerseys. So what Trek Segafredo is doing? High vis, a bunch of teams are doing that. So and Canon, I mean, they, this team did it last year. They had an orange one, right? Yeah. So they made their training jersey harder to see. Right. Obviously, the well they, after what happened with Giant Shimano or Sunweb or whatever they were called yeah. at the time, that that horrific road crash uh, that uh, you know took out a bunch of riders. Yeah, and then that's a that's a smart idea, right? Maybe Visibility. this is maybe this is how Rafa and EF are disrupting the peloton by flipping the script on the uh, colorways. <laughs> I, so going did bright you do, in the race and dark for training. Did uh, you did you see that they that they went back to a sort of an older Cannondale logo on the bikes? I did see that. It's a it's a it's a sort of a ra- more rounded. Yeah, but the, the those, bike looks great. I no, like the bike. God, I oh, like the bike. Crash. I like the bike. The bike Guys, come on. Oh, my gosh. We got... Oh, wow. This has no. got intense. Uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't look good. The f- They're so ugly. What The I, fork on ugh. that bike looks awful. The fork ruins that bike. Just... It's it's like a, the bike's it's, okay. It's like every other aero bike, except for the way the fork interface works. It's, it's shocking to me. Uh, it's astonishingly bad looking. My my kind human looks way better than that bike, from just a silhouette, way better. Yeah, I don't know. I'm and just I'm not a fan. Doesn't. I, yeah, it's a big disappointment to me. I like what they're doing, but uh, Bodie, do you want to talk about the hats? The bucket hat. <laughs> Those hats are terrible, and I was surprised to see somebody on Twitter talking about how cool they were. Um, I, I, I just, it's, I will never like that style. Um, oh, you know, I'll take the back. I wore a hat like that in high school mm. when it was sort of in style. I wasn't on the fashion forefront or like that. Um, but I look back now, it's just, it, it's terrible. That hat makes me think of the Stone Roses and the Happy Mondays. And uh, that's a good thing in lots of ways. But putting it under a helmet obviously would never work. So it's not really a cycling cap at all. So why are they not wearing a cycling cap? And I'm all about the caps, not hats. So, Matt, uh, EF Cannondale makes it onto the podium in uh, Tour Down Under. Yeah. And they show up on the podium in that tie-dyed bucket hat. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, in, in, a, in a ridiculous way, I kind of feel that that's panache because it's just ridiculous and stupid. Okay, but I have, I have and, to give and, you— And I would like, that's fine. For a podium— you look know. at that photo, though. Look at that photo of TJ. He looks rad there. He looks rad as shit. That's, I mean, that's why it's panache. Yeah, Ag- agreed. 
It, it does look panache right there because we're not seeing the whole jersey as a yeah. one. So if that means like a pink. Well, what you're seeing top. is you're seeing the rider in action on the bicycle, and that was the point I was making about that it looks good. And I think that's a thing. on the bike. I think we've. I, I think you know even you Townsend, you had said the other day that you uh, you've come around. There there is a difference between the, the kit on the wall and the kit in the field. And, yeah. And sometimes the sky kit, perfect example. Sometimes things change when they're out mm. in action. Sky or? kit looks great on the bike. So I trashed it. Can't I, believe I trashed it now. It looks great on the bike. Well, I, I'm I'm still holding out. And I can't believe that I'm the I'm the, the Rafa whore who's holding out here because I it's a real letdown to me. Well, Honestly, because I mean, we're the we're a couple Americans and we're secretly EF homers. Yeah, but I was really I was really fired up about this and I'm really disappointed by it. Biggest takeaway could have been great isn't great we can all agree on that right i mean i think we're all three on the same page there all right okay so more trash or panache next week well we're going to talk about this one more obviously next week when uh when we have our special guest let's move on to some cyclocross yeah cyclocross still happening uh we just had a week weekend full of all sorts of national championships uh let's Mm. just kick it off with belgium because that feels like a good place to start can I kick this one off? Because I, I messaged you, Matt, uh, yeah. or I messaged all of us beforehand, and my my pre Nats note for the Belgian Nats was: Is this a must win for Wout to mm. give himself some momentum going into World Championships? And conversely, what would happen if Wout weren't able to win his own country's national championship? And as most people probably know by now. Uh, Tunerts beat Wout. Wout seemed to have some sort of struggle, you know, sort of toward the end of the race. Uh, nothing catastrophic, but uh, Tune was able to to catch up to him and pass him, and Wout didn't have an answer for it and wound up finishing second to Tune in Worlds. So, Matt, my question to you is: is 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 that it for Wout? Is that is that his is that his season? Has Wout given up? Is he looking forward to wearing the the yellow and black Lotto kit? in the spring classics and cashing in his cross chips? Uh, it's a very good question. I mean, I think for all of us watching that, it was a real surprise, wasn't it? That he really could. I mean, it looked like he had it for a while and then it just did not. He just, he made a lot of mistakes and tune came back and tune really drove it. Tune was tune was driven. I think, and and it didn't look like Wout was. It looked like Wout almost like it. It did look like he settled at the end at the end of that race. But it's like that was a brutal, brutal race and a brutal course. Would you say that course was very American <laughs> compared to U.S. Nats? Well, I was trying to think of how do you take the United States of America and make it sound like Belgium. Yeah, USA. Well, it was. Uh, it was. Was uh, it USAAF? It was a supermodder. USAF. USAF. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, it was. It was. It was very an, much like uh, US Nats. Yeah. Yeah. It was an a lot of epi- running. But I mean, uh, yeah. And I posted on. So I was like watching the YouTube feed that you'd sent me, and I saw that our friend Matt Urchel was on there, and he'd posted. He'd like met, commented on it, and I was like. Yeah, I'll comment on it too. And I was like, I commented like, holy crap, that off off camera section looks absolutely brutal. And then some guy, re- remi- you know, like commented back to me and said, 80% of that course is off camber. 
it was horrific, wasn't it? I mean, it was. I can't imagine racing. Is this that. a course that we've seen before? Yeah, I, I don't. I've not, never seen it. Not familiar. Didn't recognize it. No. They, so in Belgium, they just have just like courses on ice that they they pull out. They're like, yeah. we need a good nationals <laughs> course. We need to throw. We need to disrupt. Yeah. Um, the oh, CX storyline. No, stop there. Please stop saying that. <laughs> I'm gonna cut. That. I'm gonna I'm a, edit I'm that out. I'm a tech out. bro now. I'm <laughs> disrupt, disrupt everything. Um, so many cyclocross courses in Belgium, they can do like sort of crop rotation, right? Where one yeah. season they just let it lie fallow yeah. to sort of regain yeah. some of its. They're uh, just gonna wait for it to get naturalness and worse yeah. and worse, yeah. and then they're gonna like go. It's terrible right now. Let's use this. So. Big win for Toon. Obviously, big oh. win for the Lions. I mean, I'm sure Sven was stoked. Yeah. Um, Toon had was had was tears at the end of his race. He I mean, wanted it bad. Yeah, I don't blame him. I mean, that's great. I mean, if you're a Belgian, well, win Belgian Nats. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it used to be, it used to be the Belgian Nats was basically World Nats, right? Yeah. If you oh. win Belgian Nats, you're probably going to win World Nats. We're not in that position anymore, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but. This was a massive, massive win. And Toons had a phenomenal season. Great season. Uh, so on the other side, and I thought we were going to start off with these, with the women, uh, can't stop, can't. 10th Belgian CX Nationals in a row. Yeah, yeah. She's the Katie Compton of Belgium. She's becoming the Katie Compton of Belgium. She could possibly beat Katie's amazing streak. Yeah, she could do because she's still she's, she's like still under twenty eight. Yeah, she's twenty eight. Um, so she's got another twelve, thirteen years. She could win twenty plus, right? Yeah, she if if she races as long as Katie does, and Katie Katie might race a few more years and win yeah. a few more. So this is true. That's that's pretty cool. I mean, we, we sort of talked a lot about how, how how awesome Katie's record is, and Sana has ten. Is does she have ten in a row? Yeah, or ten, just in, a ten row? in a row. She has right. ten in a row. So, which is you know, look, nothing against the women's uh, racers in the United States, but it certainly does say something really special when you're doing that against a Belgian field. I mean, Bel- that's their right. national sport, right? I mean, Katie's dominated U.S. cross, and there's certainly been women, you know, lately. Ellen Noble, et cetera, who have, who have challenged her and who are amazing racers. But, you know, in Belgium, you've got to figure that over those 10 years, Sana Kant has, it, it has had plenty of competition from uh, lots of homegrown Belgian talent to challenge her for that. So it well, almost makes it even more incredible. Uh, well, and also it makes it more, if she's 28, then she won her first at 18, 19 years old at elite level. Is yeah. that right? That's, gotta be that's crazy yeah yeah well uh so let's let's move on to the their neighbors the dutch nets yeah um let's just quickly breeze over the men no surprise vanderpool we got a shot of the confetti cannon man yes. on twitter <laughs> we did that get was, to see him <laughs> that was pretty cool um let's see lars van der haar corn van kessel yeah all the vans a lot of vans podium <laughs> all the vans. vans on the podium um but let's go to the women's race um, because this was this was the race with all the killers. Yeah. Um, and the killer of the day, Lucinda. Yeah. Back uh, to back. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get to watch it. No one watched it. Um, but uh, Voss second and Mod Capitans. I didn't realize that Mod was Dutch. I thought Mod was Belgian. Um, so Lucinda Brand. Well, I'm world's pick right now. 
she's got to be the favorite. She the power she's got, she's putting out. I mean, yeah, to she, beat Voss, you know, I mean, because we've seen Voss in action when she's on form, and it's just electrifying. Yeah, I mean, worst it was not on the podium. Uh, no, that that was the big surprise for me. Worst was not on the podium. No, she was she was not even top five. I don't think. No, no she was behind Sophie de Boer. That's right. Who was who was fifth? Yeah, so she had a good race. So Betsima was fourth. Betsima was fourth, and that's a surprise too, right? I f- yeah, I feel like they're kind of fading. I, f- I feel like if you look at their trajectories, well, it's coming up. It's coming up, Brand. It's coming up, maybe Voss. It all. I think it all depends on the course too, and and you know we saw what Brand was able to do at Namur, which was a really sloppy course, and it looked like this Belgian Nats was a pretty sloppy course as well as the as the as the, the sorry Dutch the Nats. Dutch Nats was a yeah. sloppy course as well as the Belgian Nats, but um, I think we've seen that that doesn't suit Betsima as well, and she actually won the next day on the next. She won today. Uh, this morning yeah the, yeah so i don't think we can discount her but then we've got to think boyense is probably going to be a really nasty course i mean we saw what that place was like and it wasn't in february that place could be full of snow i mean it sure could be, could be. snow and massive waves crashing yeah, no, 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 right it. i was going to say even if it's even if it's bright and sunny outside which it's likely not to be in in denmark this time of the year there's that one whole section of the course that's just right. battered by sea spray the whole yeah. time. So even if it's bright and sunny, it's going to be wet and damp there. I, I would imagine so. So it's going to be a phenomenal world, I think. I the think women's race I think is really, you know, I mean, I agree with you, Bodie. I think Brand is probably the favorite going into it. Yep. Uh, Voss, not to be discounted. Sonicant, certainly can't ever count her out. Uh, but there's just so much going on. I mean, the, the, the top certainly the top five women right now, but maybe you could even extend that down to, you know, probably eight women that yeah. could conceivably compete for Absolutely. the world title. Anybody and, uh, on the day could, could pull it off. Yeah. And, you know, we, we could have a situation, Hey, we could, we could have a situation where it's uh it's an Arzufi or it's a, or, or it's an, well, Alvarado, I'm sure he's going to race under 23. Remember when Thalita De Jong was a world champion? Yeah. Yes. It's three years ago. Not that long ago. It's crazy. It's it's such a it's such a crapshoot, isn't it? Which is wonderful. Uh, so let's let's give a shout out to since we have a Brit on the pod, let's talk about the Brit Nats. Mm. Um, friend of the podcast, Helen Wyman was up against her um, fellow countryman Bramire and Kay, and Bramire not Wyman won last year because she's wearing that kit. Yep, this year Bramire won the year before, right? So kind of back on form for Bramair and a really strong race by Kay, but had him. I didn't see what mechanical she had. I she dropped her after, chain. Dropped her. She was she in the lead, or she they was, were they were neck and neck. They were okay. they were off the front together by a good by a good like forty five seconds or something. They had a good gap, the pair of them, and uh, you know they, uh, I think you guys both like said, oh this. I, I really love the look of this course. Yeah, the course looked like a lot of fun. It, could, it looked well, like fun. Yeah. It was the opposite of the Belgian yeah, course. Yeah, so first off, again, hats off to GCN. Live yes. coverage of the British Nats. Great coverage. Uh, great coverage. They really, the the, the cameras were set up in, in fantastic yeah, spots. Yep, exactly. That course, absolutely, it was fast. Uh, it was just technical enough to be rideable by 
guys of our caliber probably. I mean, obviously he didn't get a chance to ride it, but it looked it looked rideable in a way that the Belgian national champs course, you know, was utterly unrideable. No, it, it looked like it would be re- it looked like yeah. it would be really fun to go out and do that race. Just a lot of little ups and downs and quick little fast turns, the kind yeah, of cross that mostly, I like. Yeah, mostly because it was dry too. Yeah, so you sure. pedal. It was, yeah. it was it was dry and and I think the important thing as well there is this was a bike park, right? So this yeah. was somewhere that was actually built the, that stuff. probably had a blue I mean it looked like it had a blue groove, as they say in mountain biking. It just had like a line that you would take because it's just like been worn in and it's smooth and fast and, and all that kind of stuff. It was super fast. Um, it had some technical issue, you know, things. There was like the steps and stuff and, and all that kind of stuff, but it was definitely fast. I mean, you, we're talking like, so for the men's race in that compared to the Belgian, Belgian men's race was 11 minute mm-hmm. laps. How many races do we see the men doing 11 minute laps? Not in a, a race? lot. No. I mean, that was, that was, that was monstrous. Whereas this was, uh, in, you know, foreshadowing the, the, in the, in the men's race in Britain. Pitcock well, let's not foreshadow. Consistent. Let's just talk about it. Well, Pitcock was doing six minute, 30 laps. So in the men's race, um, Pitcock, Turner and Means. I yeah. Think. So Mines, that's, that's all U23 podium. All U23s in the elite race. Well, I mean, look, there it just goes without saying that the talent in men's British cyclocross right now is young. I mean, name name a British cyclocross racer who's over 23 who's doing anything on the uh, on the Euro stage. There really aren't any. Well, the, there used to be just one, right? There used to be Ian Field, and he finished fourth. And yeah. I think this is the the dawn. I mean, it's not the dawn of a new age. It is like the the passing of the torch. It's like he's not on the podium anymore, which we he would consistently be yeah. on the podium. Now it's a bunch of U twenty three guys. And the and the crazy thing about that race is that they they only did one race. They didn't do a U twenty three race, and they didn't do an, you know an elite race. They just did a single race for the elites and U twenty threes, and they did not hand out a U twenty three jersey. Well, didn't matter. <laughs> It didn't matter in the end because, yeah, Pidcock. Although the dude who's U23 that was finishing fourth to, you know, Pidcock, Turner, and Means last year in the U23s, who would have won the U23s this year because they all raced elites, was probably bummed that he didn't have a jersey Wait, so where Ian Field got fourth, would he have got the first elite? I think then Dan Tullett. Oh, no. Was it Dan Tullett that finished fifth? I think Dan Tullett finished fifth. Well, anyway, we're we're getting but, wandering but off anyway, into the weeds Anyway, Ben there. Turner uh, put in a huge performance to had a mechanical, uh, but I don't think anybody would have beaten Pitcock. He is a phenom. Well, would you say he's a Superman? <laughs> yes, across he the did. finish line. He that did. was pretty. That was a pretty, you know, straight arrow superman there i mean he got it and hit it, it <laughs> he did almost could... hit the barrier yeah, yeah. i was thinking was, what was more interesting was watching him uh get off the superman um yeah, yeah and almost really... crash yeah but before we leave the brits uh just news is that helen wyman is signed with a new team a belgian team so so we've, it is uh, belgian. belgian yes our crack research team has decided it's belgian team mm-hmm. what's the name of the team do you, have, do you have it pulled up? Something. Something. Foot Logics. Expresses. Townsend has to unlock his computer 
so we can get this information to you guys that you probably will already know by the time the show comes out. Yeah, I think we'll just skip it. I'll find it. You guys keep talking. It was something expanded a little foot logic, something like that. But uh, what's really interesting for Ex-Persa us... Expurza foot logic. That was close. Yes. Uh, and that's the team of Anna Kay, who finished second in the race. Helen that's right. Wyman finished third. And she's sort of been a mentor to, to those... Yes. You know, to, to, to Anna Kay, at least, and, and, and some other young British riders that, that came over and did a bunch of racing during the festive period and did well. Anna Kay had some good results yep. for this team. And now Helen's going to be joining the team, and she's going to be bringing Matt I'm sorry I interrupted you you you, if you want to share it no you she's going to be uh, bringing her sponsor among others uh, her bicycle sponsor friend of the podcast uh, Adam Abramowitz uh, and kind human over to the team so that's really awesome going to the team no (laughs) Adam's bikes are going to the team I would love to see him in the pit washing down bikes Uh, that would be well I'm sure he Adam would love to go over there and expand his um, hammer Warhammer 4000. Um, <laughs> he's probably got a lot of listeners in Belgium. <laughs> he might, actually. Yeah. He's sure, he's very popular there. He's uh, certainly got more listeners in Belgium than we have <laughs> yeah, worldwide. I, I think guarantee. so. That's guaranteed. Yeah. Um, so, awesome news for Helen Wyman. That's going to be a great opportunity. Excited to see what this team uh, does next year, the rest of this year. And um, she apparently raced for the team um, today. Uh, today, yeah. And, and finished second. On she was on the podium, yeah. Yeah, second, second or third. Yeah. So, Fantastic. congrats. So there's a few other. I'm just gonna run uh, through a few other national champions. Uh, Caroline Mani won. Mm. Pretty awesome to see for France. Uh, Eva Lechner. Um, really? Yeah, Eva Lechner. Yolanda Neff, Swiss champion. Yeah, first time she's won a Swiss cyclocross championship. So she's Swiss, I believe, road, mountain, and cross champion. So she's pulling a Vanderpool. Yes. <laughs> she is. <laughs> um. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, we have uh, Majerus uh, won again. Um, <laughs> that, that's a that's a foregone conclusion, right? Yeah. There's more. Uh, let's see. So we had we have uh, Venturini. Yeah. French. Frenchman's nuts. Uh, Michael Michael Boros beat Stybar. Stybar uh, didn't even get on the podium. Once he was again. fourth. Uh, by a fair distance, actually. I, I feel like every name that you have mentioned has been the national champ of that country every year yeah maybe that's why i'm calling them out because i mean if i said s karsten and feeney would you know uh, what country that is um no idea <laughs> okay who was the men's italian champion bertolini bertolini we and we've seen him before right yeah and, uh, but we haven't seen much he had a really good year last year but not this year do you know who the spanish national champion is oh god i'm so hoping you're about to say alberto contador no you're not it wasn't. It was uh, uh, Orts Lorette. Okay, where did where did Bertie finish? Do we know? I don't know. I'm just I'm pulling up the I the winners here. He, at the he allegedly was 24. going to race it. Yeah, no, I was kind of hoping that Alberto Contador was going to be a, a cyclocross national champion. I, you know, he was. He's my he's my extreme pick for worlds. So, uh, it's you know, it's good. interesting. There's a lot of good Spanish road raider. I mean, Span- Spanish is a dominating country in road cycling, but. We don't hear a lot about Spanish cyclocross riders. No, did you see the Isagare brothers uh, <laughs> trying to trying to race cross? Oh my god, they, like, taking broke each other their out. Ribs. Yeah, 
which, by the way, whoever designed that course needs to yeah, that was needs a, to that was a pretty uh, go back stone, to school. The, the ancient stone bridge. Yes, let's uh, let's cross an ancient stone bridge that's uh, chest high and about <laughs> six feet wide at the bottom of a ripping descent. Yeah. that's all rutted up. Yeah. And it looked like they were probably both off the front on that race, right? I mean, they were tearing along and... Uh, and they just got his front wheel caught in a rut and went just straight chest high into that wall. Yeah, I mean, I broke... might have broken just, some ribs, right? No, yeah, he I did, mean, yeah. You yeah. got to pad that thing at the very least. Put oh, some hay bales in front yeah, of it. You yeah. shouldn't be riding across it in the first place. Anyway, that's another story. Mm. All right, so we've got a couple World Cups and then we've got Worlds and we'll talk more about... Uh, cross and upcoming races in later episodes of the podcast. Uh, well, do, do we want to give our early picks for Worlds? No. <laughs> well, I've, really? I've been giving mine. We've been talking picks. about picks for Worlds for weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 do we, we want to revise our picks? No. 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 Oh, I don't want to revisit guys, old stuff. Unless you have a hot take you want to get out real fast. His hot, hot take? take was Contador. Okay, great. Yeah. Dark Horse. Right. That's that it. My, right. that's You're my done. Dark, That's all you get this week, Matt. Well, you know, we just wrapped up Thai. Uh, we just we just wrapped up uh, CX Nationals in Europe, mm. and you can't do CX without a good set of tires. So let's go oh. to Tire Talk. Come on, let's talk about tires, baby. Let's talk about FMB. Let's talk about all the good things that Gator skin. That makes me. Let's talk about tires. So, uh, does anybody have anything they want to talk about? Yeah, this I want to. I want to talk about one thing real quick before you talk about what you want to talk about, Bodie, because I know what that is. I want to talk about some some real tire talk news. Wait, uh, no. I don't... Peter Sagan is is going tubeless. Yeah. Did he listen to the podcast? And was he like Townsend? Sounds like a smart guy. Yeah. I'm also going to go tubeless. Yeah, he is totally tubeless. Uh, <laughs> yes, they are. He is uh, running the twenty six uh, specialized. New. It's a new one. Uh, yeah, it's a name that I don't. Uh, I can't say I, I remember. I'll have to. Uh, this is pull a it new up. tubeless tire they have. I'll have to check that out. Uh, there's there's some more obviously more tubeless options, Bodie. Just saying that. Uh, and he is also racing on a aluminum frame bicycle. He yeah, is. he's racing a sprint. Is it a disc? Is it disc or rim brake? Yeah, it is no, disc. it's a disc brake uh, LA. And LA sprint disc. Yep. Um, he yeah. says he, he seems to like it. Seems to like it so far. But uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, I don't know. I think several other guys on the team are going to be on that bike as well. Um, I think... Uh, yeah, Oscar Gatto is probably going to be on. So I don't understand the whole team is not on tubeless? I, I think it may be select riders. I don't know. 26 millimeter S-Works Turbo Rapid Air tubeless. Yes, that's a new one. That's a new one. That so it'll be got. interesting. I wonder if, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I don't know. 26 mil. You might know the answer to this, Matt, but I mean, are there other pro teams that are running tubeless right now? Are they, most teams are still obviously running glued up tubs. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think this is uh, a rare occurrence. We've had, we've seen, we've actually seen specialized sponsored riders. Uh, we've seen on Quickstep um, them riding non-tubeless, riding the, uh, riding their, uh, Special, you rode them before, right? The specialized uh, cottons, turbo cotton, turbo cottons, yeah. and stuff, but not riding tubulars. But uh, but this Clinchers? is reading riding clinches, yeah. But uh, especially for time trials. But uh, this is one of the first times we've seen this. Allegedly, the Hutchinson Sector Twenty Eight, which I'm sure we're about to talk about, Bodie, in a second. 
but uh, allegedly that was used at Paris Roubaix, or I. But I don't have any proof that that happened. Well, Matt, I mean, sorry, Townsend, you uh, did you complete your resolution already? I, I have completed my resolution already. Yes. I am totally tubeless. Uh, so, how you? How many bikes do you have? I have uh, three bikes. I have a cyclocross bike and two road bikes. And they're all three of them are tubeless now. Yeah. That's right. I have well, I have a set of tubular race wheels for my cyclocross bike, but. Um, my cyclocross bike right now is set up with uh, tubeless wheels with some Panaracer Gravel Kings for gravel season. That's right. And then you brought that out in the club ride. That's right. And I, and I also, um, you you uh, took on uh, Sir Cheerio's uh, tubeless tire uh, mobile service. That's yeah, right. That's what I was, yeah. Yeah, had, so a little you... trouble, had a little trouble mounting one of the tires. I don't know if the tire itself was a little wonky or well, if the, the rim was a bit right? wonky. You, you can't just use your regular pump to mount it. You, I have a. Um, sometimes you can, sometimes yeah. you can't. I have a what's what's called a booster pump, which is one of the pumps that you can pump up to about 160 psi and has a canister, and then you can release all of that at once. It's sort of a poor man's uh, uh, air compressor, um, but uh, that would not work on these. Again, just it worked perfectly on the on the rear wheel, no problems at all. Uh, but I had to get Matt uh, over with his actual compressor, and even with the compressor, it took, it took us, us a few turns. Took on us that a one. few tries with that tire. It was a little tricky. So yes, Bodie, it is. Uh, it's not like uh, it's not like hooking a bead on a clincher tire and pumping up a tube. Uh, it's, it takes a little bit of work, but the the payoff I think is gold. And um, well, I what's the, the payoff? Well, the payoff, as we've discussed numerous times, is. Um, a, you can run lower pressures and they and they uh, feel a bit more comfortable, and you don't have to worry about pinch flats. It's in, you know you cannot pinch flat a tubeless tire, and uh, minor punctures like the ones that uh, many of us got on the Festive 500 rides, where you're picking up little pieces of road debris on a greasy kind of slick, wet road, and just pricking the pricking the tire and the tube, uh, those seal almost unnoticeably on a on a tubeless tire. Uh, you do like a uh, like with a clincher tire. If you cut the tire, you're shit out of luck. Uh, it's probably gonna it's probably gonna fail on you. Uh, but wait, Matt, is that is that what happened to you this that's Saturday? A, that's absolutely what happened to me. I had a so, sidewall cut. Wait, hang that, on. Let me let me let me, let me set this up. Catastrophic failure. Let me set this up though. Uh, we're on the club ride and yeah. we're riding through City Park. We had just started the ride. Mm. Uh, Townsend on his brand new cr- uh, uh, tubeless cross tires. And we go through the park and flat is what I hear. So we all stop yeah. and we're chatting. Bodie, we're, you were probably figuring it was somebody that was, you know, running clencher tires with tubes because they flat all some, the time, right? Some newbie, some cat, you know, some, some guy doesn't know some, what he's doing. Know Flats just, happen. Let's just know, like, let's and, like, and then, and then is... we're sitting there and we're waiting. And I'm like, come on, it doesn't take that oh, long to boy. change a tube. And what do I hear? The murmurs come down from the peloton. Or they make their way all over the way all to the front peloton. where I am. Was <laughs> that? It was. It was Matt Kite who had a flat. Actually, Townsend had to come and tell me, and so I had to. I had to pedal back, and there you were. Take a photo. And look at that. I got a photo. Pulled up. Look at. Look at. That's Matt putting a tube in his tubeless tire setup. Tiny, a tiny tube too. Yeah. At that. Because your tubeless system failed you. So no, 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 no. How so, messy was that? Uh, it was it wasn't messy. I didn't get any crap all over me. I mean, I might get a little tubeless goop on my fingers, but that's about it. 
Here's is that the thing. why you turned Here's around? Is that why you quit riding? Because you're just got it. Got you were pretty ashamed. You didn't quit riding. You went all the way. You went went. Yeah. Uh, so here's <laughs> here's the point there. Here's the point there. Once you get something like that, that's like a big gash. Which what that is what actually happened there. It was a big gash. Sucks. It was a it was a about a centimeter. Two week, a two week old tire, yeah. I think. Oof. Yeah. It was a, it was a long one on the sidewall. There's nothing you can do about that. Obviously, most of your tire protection is on the on the top on the tread of the tire. The sidewalls are always vulnerable on any tire. Here's here's the thing that would happen to anybody, but I can still throw a tube in that tire, so it's still you would have had the same issue that I had. Mm, no, nope. I, I think what yeah, Matt is trying to say. I think what it's Matt the is same. It's like if if you would have come across that same ish, that same if you'd had contact with that debris. I wouldn't uh, have contact with the debris like you because I'm very light footed on the bike. Oh my god! I think what Matt is trying to say in 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 less words than he was using, Bodie, is that if you had suffered the same uh, puncture and sidewall gash that he suffered. Uh, riding tubeless i would have also put you, a tube in it you would have my hands the, would have been cleaner the repair would have been identical save for the fact that matt had to remove his tubeless valve that's, that's right. the only difference in I the had repair to remove the valve core i had to remove the valve and put to to be able to put a tube in there but that's the only difference i think i think and what happened is, is that nate came on the ride and and you just you had some sympathy pains and it wouldn't be a bike ride for nate if someone didn't get a flat this um, is this is also true and it's shocking that Nate didn't get a flat on that ride. But, uh, you know, I took one for the team there. I got to say, Townsend, that was a hell of a ride we did that day. I had a great time. We stacked hecka TSS points that day. Yep. Um, good times. A lot of people turned early at the end. It was only five of us who went out to the Irish Bayou. Mm. I think the five of us who did that um, had a great time. So, yeah, it was a great ride. And um, I'm loving the way my... Uh, Cross bike is working as a road slash gravel bike, and I'm really excited to go race uh, the Hattiesburg uh, uh, Gra- Mississippi Gravel Cup and the Deadman Gravel Grind. It'd be two weekends in a row, not next weekend, but the weekend after, and then the weekend after that. Well, well let me ask you this. Are you going to run that tubeless setup next Sunday at the Pen- Pensacola Cyclocross race, or did a certain sports ball team? Yes, my, uh, my <laughs> deepest... And most sincere apologies uh, to the Pensacola cycling Uh-oh. crew. I will be sending Michael Bodingheimer uh, as my proxy for this race <laughs> to race the Masters 35-plus race in my place because I will be on my couch watching the New Orleans Saints football game. Well, I, I have an announcement regarding both of those races. Unfortunately, I can't do the race next weekend, and I can't do the race the weekend after due to a conflict involving my daughter's birthday that I had completely forgotten about. Uh, her birthday's on the 25th, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a real push. She's having a sleepover on the 26th. so That seems like a good time for you to not be there. It would be an amazing time for me to not be there. However, uh, discussions with my wife have uh, culminated in me needing to be there. Yeah. So that's fair. Yeah, that's how that goes.
As is techno time. Guys, I have a a tech talk question. Mm. So, you, as you know, Emily and I are on the kicker core. Yeah. Uh, she's 11 speed. I'm 10 speed, which means that I've been doing a lot of my workouts on the kicker inside. I've been swifting, but I've been swapping out the cassette, which is a real pain in the ass. Get a new bike. <laughs> and Emily uh, has to take the cassette off her wheel and put <coughs> 11 it 11 speed. <coughs> 11 speed. Dude. So, all right, yeah. So time, time to time to swap it out, man. That's reason alone. If you didn't have any other reason other than that, and you have myriad other reasons to go ahead and go I, eleven there, speed. There is literally zero reason to go eleven speed, except for the fact that I have to switch cassettes on my trainer. I'm saying right now that that's your the, that's that, your biggest reason. Yeah, no, and that that, yeah. that that's why I'm going to go eleven speed. There's you, no other reason to go eleven speed. I well, think, I mean, know, obviously, you guys aren't married, but you basically exist as a as a couple together you live in the same house you share a house you own yes. it you have a mortgage yes. together and all yeah, that stuff so so it's effectively the same thing and so for marital bliss i would say you have to go 11 yeah you go 11 then you can share wheels bro, with your girlfriend go 11 bro guess yeah. can swap wheels yeah no it's, yeah Dude, no, i'm i've been looking at the get, 11 speed i know and you've got to get over your sram thing bro no okay well you just you you just said the reason why i'm not going to go shimano because there are four bikes in the house that are all on sram doesn't it matter it makes so much more sense to have all sram swapping what? parts so here's my why actual, do you need to swap here's parts? my question though yeah chain cassette pairing when you so we just bought a new 11 speed cassette for the trainer because it didn't have one yeah but that didn't sound too good with the chain that Emily had. So, like, what do you do? Do you buy two new cassettes and chain all at once so that the cassette on your trainer and your bike and the chain are all of how, the same vintage? Mm, or, like, how? when do you know? How old's her chain? Her chain apparently is fairly new. It's her uh, second chain that she's had on that bike. This is a question where I think a Pro mechanic would probably tell you mm. to start fresh with uh, cassette, two cas- you know, new cassettes and new chain. But that seems like an awfully expensive solution to the problem. So I'm thinking what I would do is go ahead and get the new cassette for the kicker keep the old cassette assuming the old cassette on emily's bike is not too too old uh and but go ahead and get a new chain so the cassette on her bike is from when she bought the bike originally the probably chain, still in good enough shape the chain is a second chain okay since she, when she bought it so what is she having the problem on her bike or on the no kicker? we just literally put the the new cassette on i stepped on it and rode it it's fine it just doesn't doesn't doesn't, you know, makes a little Wait, bit of on the on the bike or on the kicker? Kicker. Here's my. The uh, kicker never is, had a cassette. Here's what I say you do. Can we in the kicker? Put, how could you run you the took kicker? The, took the cassette off the wheel, put it on the kicker. Oh, for her, every time. For everybody. <laughs> oh my. That's God. way too much work. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's crazy. You put if you have a new cassette. I think you put the new cassette on Emily's bike. She gets a new chain for her bike. Yeah. You put the old cassette on the kicker, and you use that on the kicker. Uh, I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to say you have two new cassettes and one new chain. 
Well, that's that's the pro mechanics answer. That's what Vince G would tell you to do. Exactly. Just get all. Okay. I, my my philosophy with chains and cassettes is, I generally want to change both at the same time because they wear at the same time. Yeah, the pro, but I, the, the issue comes because you're you're on a direct drive uh, trainer, and so that wears at a certain rate. But the thing is, it's working with that same chain all the time. So no matter what, you're I would I would change them all out at the same time. I know, bitch. And then if you yeah. go 11 speed, and you have to go 11, then you're going to also have to get a new chain and a, you'll you'll have a new cassette because you go 11 speed, and then you'll get a new 11 speed chain, and then you'll have all new cassettes and all new chains. I think Matt, I don't think you need to change the cassette every time you change the chain. I think you can at least get two chains for every cassette. Two chains. Uh, I <laughs> my 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 yes i i agree with you to a to an extent but it's i think like the the money involved and and everything i'm like i'd rather just swap them both out at the same time two chains to one cassette i'll do that but that's two the chains. most that's the most you can possibly do okay so two chains all kinds of cassettes all right folks well this has been another fantastic episode of the yeah you ride podcast uh townsend why don't you get us out all right guys well look uh, this is the T-Bone, and I am saying I'm ordering a 128-ounce bottle of sealant, and I'm never looking back. <laughs> Man, I love your style. Uh, this is a Cheerio, and despite everything that Bodhi says or thinks about Tubeless, not only is it here to stay, but Peter Sagan is going Tubeless. And this is the Bodie Bodie saying, if you've got any uh, eleven-speed gear <laughs> that's at a fair price, preferably I new, SRAM, please. Uh, looking at force, uh, hit me up. Um, you can also send any questions, comments, and concerns to yayuride at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram at yayuride. Check out Townsend on Twitter at what is your Twitter handle? Semitough CC. At semi tough CC, at Matt Kite. Yeah, on Twitter, on, uh, and and Instagram and Instagram. Uh, pretty much you can everywhere. also check me out at Land Softly on Twitter. Also at Land Softly on Instagram, guys. We uh we would like to have another review, so please send us uh, uh a new review so we'll read on air. And uh, that's it. Uh, catch you guys next episode. First ever. Pro Cycling Rep 2019. New season is coming soon. This is Astana Pro Team. Scrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
I will rap this song like Snoopy Doggy Dog. I'm Lorenz de Vries from Astana Pro Team. When I was young, it was my dream. Big team, big dream. Argon bikes, many likes. From Paris to Roubaix, we will win on pavé. Work in the gym a lot of minutes and hours. We need to be slim and have enough power. Heartbeat on the top, training never stops. Big game, gold chain, punching shoes never lose. All haters and lovers, cousins and brothers, please remember our team, not from Palestine. We are not from Afghanistan, Pakistan, Uzbekistan. We are from Kazakhstan.